You're now listening to the Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. What's up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to the Co-op Podcast episode hey, uh, 274. Up, this is Gary and, uh, Swaby, we have some special guests here today. To the Co-op uh, Podcast episode uh, hey, uh, 274. Up, I was hearing an echo. But yeah, we're here with some very special guests. We're continuing our anniversary podcast, you know, for November and everything, because this obviously marks 10 years of the Coalition. Um, so, you know, firstly, we have Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing, Rich? Doing good, Gary. And what's up, listeners and viewers? Indeed. And we're, we, we're also joined by Mr. Max Muller. How are you doing, Max? Hey, guys. It's good to be back for the anniversary episode. I'm doing well. Yeah, very good to have you back. And we're also here with Mr. David Jagnall. How are you doing, David? What's up, man? It's good to be back on another episode of the Turn-Based Podcast. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Turn-Based. <laughs> yes, so for everyone who, who doesn't know or doesn't remember, me and David, we used to have the Turn-Based Podcast. At one point, uh, you know, the Turn-Based used to fill in for the, for the co-op. So, like, you know, one week would be the co-op, one week would be Turn-Based. And, you know, Turn-Based was all about uh, role-playing games. So uh, that was me and David doing that particular show. Uh, very good to have you back, David. It's been a while, and um... yeah, it has. It has. It's been a long time. Uh, I mean, I, f- I feel like I, I I see Rich more often than you, obviously, but um, yeah. yeah. So it, it's it's been a while. Yeah. So I mean, you know, since we we have you here, let's get straight into our you know what we've been playing slash what you've been up to segment. So um, I'll start with you. So, you know, what have you been playing recently? And just give us a, a catch up of what you've been doing since, you know, you were uh, an active part of the coalition. Uh, yeah, OK, so let's see. It's it's been a while. Um, I originally was working at some companies here in San Francisco that, in California doing random like copywriting and stuff like that um i don't do that anymore luckily i now work full-time as an editor at uploadvr.com um so that's all um, vr gaming so like the oculus rift the htc vive playstation vr um all that kind of stuff is kind of my whole world now um we I, i will proudly proclaim that i believe we are the number one vr outlet on the planet um that's that's what I think, and that's what people tell me. So I want to go ahead and say it's true. Um, so that's what I do full time. But then on the side, I also write as a freelancer for a bunch of different websites. Um, so IGN, I just had my Walking Dead review go up there this week. Um, I've written at PC Gamer, Variety, Vice, Polygon, a um, bunch of different places. So I do that on the side for non VR stuff. And um, let's see, I wrote a book about Roblox. Uh, don't ask me why, because I don't really have a good reason other than they paid me. Um, that that was a very interesting experience. 
Um, I have a wife now, the same woman I was dating back when I was at the coalition. I have a kid. I have a house. Uh, yeah, so I, I've been pretty busy. Awesome. And yeah, I mean, just last week we had on um, Anthony Frazier and Fergus Mills. And, you know, we, we were like kind of talking about uh, what people have been up to since they were at the coalition. And, you know, we mentioned you. Uh, with, you know, you, you've been writing at IGN, you're doing your upload stuff and you, uh, there was one point where you was doing a lot of like freelance, freelancing for different websites. And uh, I remember, you know, I was kind of in the mix too at that point. Uh, but I was always like inspired by your work ethic. And, uh, that's one of the things that, you know, I, I really always appreciated about you. And, uh, you brought a lot to the coalition, like, you know, that period of time that you was with us. Uh, I mean, there was a pretty rough period where um, a lot of staff were left because, you know, they had opp opportunities going on and everything. And I feel like it was kind of you, uh, Richard, Carl, Garrett, uh, myself and, you know, uh, possibly a few others that were kind of just carrying the sights on our back at one point in time. So and, and you were very active during that period and um, you did a lot for the site. So very good to have you back. Thanks, man. And, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, as you know, you, Rich, and Anthony were, and Carl, I guess, uh, were like the people that sort of took me under your wing and, and got me started on this whole path. So I, I owe a large majority of my success to you guys. So that just remember, I always appreciate that. Indeed, indeed. You're a very important part of our legacy. So thank you also. Um and what have you been playing like recently like any anything in particular uh most recently i reviewed road redemption for gameskinny.com um that is a weird game it's like it, it's like road rash the old genesis game where you just you know beat people with clubs and stuff while you ride on motorcycles and uh it's it's actually pretty fun i was i was surprised i hated it at first but it grew on me it's almost like a, a roguelike in a way, because each time you do a mission, the the course is different, the enemies are different, your items are different, and you have to try to progress through the different levels of the campaign, and if you die, you restart. Um, it's it's pretty fun. I was kind of surprised. It wasn't terrible. Um, but other than that, uh, Fallout 76, I am playing that on PS4. Um, I'm about level 8, so I'm not too far yet, um, but I like it a lot so far, more than I thought I would. Um, it's it's pretty cool. I it, I wish that there was still a normal proper quest like a main story. There's not really. Um, I wish there was. That's the biggest missing piece I think. But um, other than that, it's good. And um, let's see, Red Dead Redemption. Obviously, I'm playing that. Um, I have so many unfinished games. It's ridiculous. I I'm still not done with Spider Man. I I really want to be. I haven't seen the end of Odyssey yet. I really want to be. Um, yeah, so those are the main ones right now is Fallout 76 and Spider-Man every now and then. Okay, yeah. I mean, I wanted to ask you about Fallout in particular because I did hear a lot of criticisms that uh, this game is missing something. Um, now, I know that it's just kind of uh, launching and everything and the servers are just beginning to get active. Uh, but during the beta phase, I heard a lot of criticism about there not being much to it, like... 
you you get generic enemies and you get waves of the same enemies and you know there's obviously no uh main story um so people were saying that it's like very boring and bare bones a little bit um and i'm not sure if that's because the online and you know the interacting with other players is supposed to be the meat of it um and i know like you know me and you uh we used to love like fallout 3 fallout 4 we we talked for hours about these games like it, it, is this does this feel like a fallout game and is it something i should rush to get like being that i'm a fan of it i think it does feel like a fallout game it feels maybe a good way of thinking of it would be like it kind of feels like a fallout game after you've done the main quest right like cuz you're you're kind of at the point where you're just doing a bunch of side quests and events and stuff like that and that's that's really what the bulk of the content is um, but to the point about re- like repetitive enemies, I think it depends on what kind of content you do because there's it, it's a lot like an MMO in a way because you have the overworld map you look at and you have like your quests that you can get that have objectives and points on the map you go to and people to talk to or not people but robots to talk to holotapes all that kind of stuff. Um, but then there's also events that happen in the open world, kind of like in Guild Wars 2, where you would have you know like a boss appear and you had to fight it. And so there's events that are all pretty diverse and dynamic. Like um, the other night I did an event where I had to defend the city from, you know, waves of enemies. But then I did another event where I had to escort this one robot across the map and, you know, deal with different things that happened along the way. And there's events that revolve around, you know, meeting up with other players. And um, so there's stuff to do. It just kind of depends. It's yeah, it, it really depends on, you know, how you play the game. Okay, well, I mean, I'll have to think about giving it a try at some point, but uh, but yeah, I, I guess you know, we'll see, we'll see. But um, Mr. Edward Velasquez just hopped in here. Um, how you doing, Ed? What's up? What's up? What's up? I'm driving in Houston traffic right now, <laughs> but I'm here. Are you driving safely? I don't know if you should be of podcasting course. and driving. I'm doing it all. Okay, cool. Uh, have you been playing anything in particular this week, Ed? Uh, Red Dead Redemption. That's pretty much it. Fair enough. Um, that game is obviously. I mean, uh, everything's been said about that game. Um, I feel like sometimes I get on and I don't even know what to do. Like, I don't know if I should just do a mission. Should I go hunting? To be honest, I don't find hunting that fun um but it's kind of hard to shit on red dead because you know it's it's a good game like it's well made there's nothing bad about it but sometimes it's just not like that quick uh pick up and play type of game but i mean i'm loving it don't get me wrong but you know i just kind of wanted to speak some truth on that game cool yeah i mean uh i have some of my own thoughts but i'll, I'll wait um but let's get to mr max Moller. how you have you been max uh i've been i've been good um i haven't had a ton of time to be playing um like in-depth games lately i've mostly been playing like the past week and a half two weeks like pick up and play games like um i know battlefield one was just uh, available on games with gold so I downloaded that, and my brother and I have been playing a couple of rounds of that. Um, 
which is really fun. I played that a lot back at release. I really like uh, Battlefield 1, and I don't really want to invest in Battlefield 5 right now, so it's nice to just have that Battlefield experience um, just there for me for free, or for the monthly subscription of Xbox Live, rather. But um, I've also... We jumped into PUBG a couple of times because that was free for some reason on Xbox. I don't know why. Um, I don't know if it still is because they just announced it for Game Pass. Um, It's not up yet, though, but it was free like last week. So I I saw someone tweet about it and I was like, okay. So I downloaded it and uh, me and my brother do game share. So we both get it. So we've been jumping into that a couple of times. Um, It's not my favorite game in the world. I will say it's the I I get the Battle Royale. Uh, I get how it's fun, like the intense situations where it's like it can be quiet for 20 minutes and then suddenly you're like in a situation and it can be really intense. And we've had a couple of fun rounds, but I think I'm mostly going to stick with like Battlefield and like Rocket League and just like quick play games that you can pick up and play. Um, honestly, the last uh, the last game that I like got really invested in and played, I think, was Spider Man, which um, I was able to bang out in like a couple of days. Actually, I ended up platinuming it because what's nice about Spider Man is, um, especially when you're trophy hunting is a lot of the objectives are very, very quick. So you can just swing around the city and things are thrown at you, as I'm sure you guys know. Um, so that was able to, that was something that you could do just like whenever, like if you have, like I, I live with a couple of different roommates now. Um, so like there's always things going on in the house and everything like that. So it can make it hard when I have time to like get invested in a game. So that was a game that I could just play, like even when everyone's talking and everyone's over and doing things because, you know, you could just swing around and just like, get a couple of crimes or like grab a couple of collectibles and it's really stress-free. So that was a game I was actually really happy to be able to platinum and just get through um, because of the circumstances and the way it's played. So that was really, really cool. But um, I'm trying to think other than that, um, it's just mostly been jumping into like quick play games that you can play a round or two of whenever you want. And then getting back to other things lately i'm hoping after um november once december comes around to like chill out and get invested in a couple more games lately because like i've missed some of the releases like um assassin's creed and like red dead to be fair i'm not the biggest fan of open world games and that's part of why um i haven't really been trying to make time to play them that much but like for example spyro just came out and i'm really looking forward to playing spyro because i love those games and i actually haven't played them since like they were the thing to play on playstation one so It'll be really good to like get back into that. And I feel like that's another game you can kind of just pick up and play um, and you don't have to spend hours with to get anywhere, which is funny because like what Ed was saying about Red Dead earlier, it's like that's part of why I don't really want to get involved in it is because you pick it up and you don't really know what you want to do. Uh, and you just feel like even after playing for hours, you haven't made any progress. And I just that does not vibe with me anymore nowadays. Like it has to be a very special open world game for me to want to get involved and play it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Um, and Max just, like, he really explained, like, my uh, gaming habits with the whole quick play gaming kind of thing. Like, that's why I play so much Overwatch, because it's just it's so easy to jump in, jump out yep. kind of thing. Um, I'm that's I'm going to use that terminology, too, from now on, quick play gaming. Like, that's going to be my <laughs> thing. So, so yep. thank, it, thank you for that. Of course, my dude. <laughs> what was you saying, Ed? Okay, he's muted again um so max uh what, what have you been up to like besides the gaming like anything in particular oh right um well um i've been mostly getting into crypto writing still because that 
the, it's funny because the like blockchain and crypto isn't necessarily doing great in terms of like mainstream adoption. Like people are sort of over it, which is fine. That doesn't really matter for right now because what's important. Is that? I don't uh, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on with Ed. I think his his phone keeps unmuted or, or something. Uh, well, um, but um, what's interesting is. Uh, not so much uh, mainstream adoption or like people jumping into it because that doesn't really matter right now. What's interesting is um, almost every business is looking into it. So it's an enterprise solution for a lot of things. So a lot of um, the work comes from doing copy for businesses that are interested in it or um, doing consulting for businesses that are interested in it, which is eventually going to be the thing that I think takes it off. It's going to be a slow burn, but I think as businesses adopt it over time, then people will start getting involved with it as well. And that's what really matters is, you know, people have to see what it can do first, because right now it does sound just like buzzwords and like a bunch of useless stuff. And to be fair, a lot of the projects are uh, just like normal, traditional tech startups, um, like 90% of them aren't going to go anywhere. And we're still in that very early stage of what's going to go where. So um, a lot of my work right now is involved with working with these different startups, regardless of whether or not they uh, make it or not. Um, right now, my job is to write a lot of content for them, um, basically explaining to people what their what their project does and how it harnesses blockchain technology, but really without saying the word blockchain because that turns people off. So it's kind of funny. It's like, oh, we do this, this, and this, and it's better than this. We're not going to tell you how, then you'll get turned off by it, which is kind of funny. Um, other than that, I do daily news writing um, for a couple of crypto sites mostly. Uh, I write for a tech site and then a crypto site, and that's like doing interviews with um, different people who work in the industry. Uh, so like uh, a lot of venture capitalists that have moved into crypto because they find it really interesting, like people who have been in like traditional investing for a while. So they bring their expertise over into crypto, which is really cool to get their points of views. Like I have some people telling me um, it won't be widespread adoption for like 10 years. And then I have other people telling me it'll be like two years, which I don't know if I believe that one. But um, it, it's cool because they have reasons for it. They don't just like pull that out their ass or, or anything. But um, it's just really interesting to see everyone's opinions. Um, and you know, they're at least educated opinions. You don't just have random people on Twitter yelling at you saying these things or like on Reddit or something. It's interesting to actually get educated opinions on these things. Yeah. Um, and it's, then it's kind of interesting what, what you're saying about, um, adoption rates and everything like that, because uh, the VR industry is very, very similar. Um, and, and the fact that, you know, there's a lot of technology that's still very expensive and people aren't sure if they want it yet. They aren't, they aren't sold on it. Um, that's how a lot of VR is right now, but um, the the uh, the difference is uh, in the VR industry, it is a lot of people on Reddit and Twitter yelling at each other, and really? people. Oh yeah, no one. Yeah, I mean Reddit is a dumpster fire for VR. Um, the like the Oculus and Vive subreddits are just oh god, they're they're horrible. Um, it's it's very much like the early days of kind of like you know, Nintendo versus Sega, PlayStation versus Xbox console wars, but people have these weird loyalties to the headset that they bought. And it's very, very strange and, and weird that people get so attached to that kind of stuff when they're fundamentally still the same platform on a PC. Um, so it's, it's very strange. Um, but yeah, so I think a blockchain, cryptocurrency, VR, all of that kind of new wave technology stuff is all uh, very similar in the ways that people treat it. And uh, it's it's really interesting to hear that from your side because I know very little about crypto and blockchain and I don't really care to know more. Um, but 
uh, it's very, very similar in terms of how the industries are functioning right now. Yep. And it's, it's, you could even compare it to like the early days of the internet too, and how people are feeling yeah. about AI. It's like people just are scared of new things. I don't know why. I, I mean, I can kind of see why, but I feel like it's important for people to not at least be scared of them. I feel like that's kind of weird and like argue over them, like what you're just saying. Like also to be fair, criticizing headsets and everything, that's how they get better. Um, like pledging loyalty to your own headset and everything like that. I feel like that's kind of weird. Pledging loyalty to things like that is weird. Like, cause then you don't see the flaws in it and things don't get better. And then you just kind of look like an ass online too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But um, yeah, it seems like you're doing big things and um, I can vouch for Max and say that, you know, he's one of the reasons why I felt like, I needed to dive into the, the whole cryptocurrency thing and I invested, you know, in some you know, part, well, parts of some coins, some cryptocurrencies and stuff. So um, definitely follow him. You know, what's your Twitter handle, Max? I'm honored, my man. And it is, uh, it's Maximal, M-A-X-E-M-O-L-E. Just my first and last name combined, basically. <laughs> cool. Yeah, you, uh, anyone listening, definitely go ahead and follow Max if, you know, you want you want to keep up with all that cryptocurrency talk and all the news and, and everything going on with that because he, he's a knowledgeable guy. So definitely Thank do you. that. Yeah. Um, Ed, are you back? Okay, I, I don't know what's going on with him. Yeah, hopefully you can hear me. Yeah, we hear you. So, all right. Cool. So it's it's been you know maybe a couple months or so since you've been on. So have you been up to anything noteworthy lately? Uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to our uh, best coalition memories, particularly with you later on. Um, I'm sure you you got a lot of stories uh, to to bring up. Plenty, so. plenty. <laughs> He's gonna try and humiliate me. I'm sure. Um, let's get to Rich, Richard Bailey Jr. How you doing, Rich? I'm doing pretty good, and hopefully I am clear, and you can hear me? Yeah, we hear you right now. So, okay. what have you been playing this week? Alright, so, I'm going to try to keep this uh, rel- relatively brief. Uh, I have also been playing Fallout 76. Uh, I did hear what uh, you had to say about the, the feedback, the criticisms, and uh, I could honestly say that... Um, I, I I mean, I'm enjoying the game, so I'm not understanding. I mean, I do understand where the criticisms are coming from, but I'm what obviously What platform playing... are you on? Well, well, I, I, I'm right now I'm playing on the Xbox One X. Um, okay. I wanted to play on PlayStation 4, but the, the thing is, is that uh, I did get a beta code for the Xbox One X, and then mm, I started gotcha. trying to play. Yeah. You made the right decision. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard it runs best on the One X anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I would be curious to see how it looks on on PlayStation Four Pro though. So I will say that. But um, yeah, I mean, I played the beta, uh, and from the beta, I mean, I, I going into the game, you know, I I think I've said before, I have never really been the biggest Fallout fan, and I tried to listen to very, as very little information of this as possible going into it, and. Thus far, I mean, I'm I'm enjoying the game, you know, and I understand a lot of things about it that uh, you we definitely could criticize uh, the story because it doesn't really feel like it's a traditional story because 
there aren't really any human NPCs in the game. It's just robots, ro robot NPCs, and a lot of audio logs that you can listen to. But when you listen to the audio logs, similar to like a Bioshock, I mean, that tells stories within itself uh, about different people that might have survived, so on and so forth. So I, um, I mean, th there's a lot to do in that game, uh, a lot of crafting, all types of stuff. So I'm enjoying the game so far. Um, but uh, one thing I do want to say is that I hope that uh, the people that are criticizing it, I hope that they listen to the actual description of the game because Bethesda did say that this is their first multiplayer only online game. So I think because it is the first game, you have to understand it will not be perfect. Um, but what they have put together, I think is, I think it's pretty good. I'm enjoying it so far. Um, so, yeah, one thing I, I think, I think the marketing should have been a little bit different about the game because I remember at E3, Todd Howard got up on stage and tried to sell it as the next mainline entry in Fallout. And he said, you know, like, oh yeah, there's, you know, all this stuff and it's, it's, it is very much another Fallout game. It's just other people instead of NPCs and, uh, but I, I, I think good. they should have done a better job of making it feel separate and making it seem separate. Maybe a different title to make that more clear or mm -hmm. just explaining the differences more. Because I think a lot of people jumped in thinking it would just fall out for a multiplayer, but it's not really that. And there's a lot of differences. And, you know, the game is just fundamentally designed very differently. Like it's it has more in line with more in common with MMOs than it does Fallout games in a lot of cases. That's true. See, I would say I'm your traditional Fallout fan, and I didn't jump to uh, purchase Fallout 76 because I'm skeptical, like the whole multiplayer thing. Uh, yeah, that's probably for the best. Like, yeah, I, I, I think if you hold off and wait and see, then that's probably better right now. Yeah, because um, that whole multiplayer kind of doesn't, I'm not sold on that. Uh, the fact that I feel like this. Well, based on the E3 stuff that I saw, um, it seemed like it had to do a lot with crafting, like, a building, like, kind of like in Fallout 4, like, making your own uh, little compounds or whatever. And I wasn't yeah, really crafting is crafting is a big part of it. Like, even and if I, you don't build bases, you have to craft all your food and drinks because you'll starve and go hungry and get thirsty all the time. It's ridiculous. So if that kind of <laughs> stuff you don't like, then... I would I would definitely hold off because that's a huge part of the game. Yeah, but that that yeah that's what I didn't like, and also the whole like NPCs, no NPCs. It's kind of like what kind of story am I gonna get here? So that's why I kind of held off. So I mean, I might get it once it's cheaper, but for now, I'm just gonna lay low. Yeah, I'm kind of in that same boat actually. I I feel like Fallout 76 isn't exactly what I expect or what I want out of a Fallout game, um, especially with the NPCs missing and everything like that. Like, what I would want from an online Fallout game is, like, pretty much what Fallout 3 was, but with other players exploring the wasteland. And from what I've been hearing and seeing, uh, especially right now, uh, 76 is definitely not that. <laughs> all, all that being said, I do enjoy it, though, personally. It, it's pretty much exactly what I expected. So if you do get it on PS4, Rich, then I definitely want to play. Uh, I, okay, I can 100% agree to that. Uh, and Gary Swaby, if you know you are, you also need to get it on PlayStation 4. 
Uh, well, you know, I'm more a PC guy, so I kind of wanted it on PC. <laughs> but, but I mean, I know a lot of people on PlayStation will be playing a lot of my friends and stuff. So I, I might consider if I, you know, actually decide to get it. So. The, the funny thing is, I actually did get sent an Xbox version, but I don't have an Xbox, so, you know. Yeah, Bethesda UK, they hooked you up with that Xbox. That that, that was the clear sign. Maybe it's time to get a console. <laughs> no, nah, I don't, don't want to do that. But, <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, anything else, Rich, you've been playing? Um... That that that's it for now. There there are a couple games that I that I just got access to. Like I just got access to Hitman and Battlefield Five, so I haven't really had a chance to play that play those yet. But um, I'll definitely talk about those in the future. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So for me, of course, we know I've been playing Overwatch. I don't even need to talk about it. Um, <laughs> Uh, and also Red Dead Redemption um, here and there. Not so much this week because I had a busy week, but I managed to fit in maybe like a couple hours. Um, and as for you know what uh, what Ed was saying, um, I could see how you know it, it's it's definitely one of those overwhelming open worlds. Um, but I feel like I'm enjoying this this a lot more than you know other open world games lately. Um, I feel like I'm always, I always have some sort of goal or objective that I'm uh, working towards, and I like that the game makes me feel like like a bandit, like I'm I'm actually a robber because I'm always thinking about ways to make more money in the game, so I'm always looking out for different opportunities to make more money, um, and I actually really enjoy following like the main uh, quests. Um, so I probably don't do uh, uh, that much side stuff. Um, sometimes I do the, uh, the uh, what's it called, bounty hunting. I do that a lot. Um, I do the stranger stuff. So like when you're just riding around and you come across a stranger. Um, I, so I do different, you know, side quests here and there. But I've mostly been following the main plot and that's been keeping my interest. And um, I like feeling like i feel really rewarded as i get more money and you know i I make i make it a habit to uh also spread that wealth with the with the uh the crew the group the group and everything the camp um so you know those objectives really put me into the element of being like a cowboy bandit kind of thing and uh, i'm i'm really digging this game a lot more than i was red dead redemption one like the first game because um, I really got bored of that eventually, but this one is kind of keeping me interested, and it definitely feels very atmospheric. I feel like I'm I'm actually part of the environment in this game, so it's holding my interest, and um, that's saying something because you know nowadays I'm a, a I'm a quick play gamer, you know, um, like I said before. So it's been a while since I've actually played like a, a storyline game. Like I haven't really played. A game like this consistently since god of war which was you know months ago like april may or something so you know red dead redemption 2 is is, is one of those single player games that's actually holding my attention now so um that's something for me um but but yeah i could see how um if you have a lot of other games you're trying to play then this game can be overwhelming so you, i guess you just have to kind of plan for it and uh know uh know what you're in the mood for i guess but 
that's my thoughts on on uh, Red Dead Redemption, and that concludes our what we've been playing segment. Ed, was you gonna say something? My bad, I was rolling up my window. Okay, cool. So we have some some pretty big news topics to discuss this week. Uh, you know, we have two news stories, and then we're gonna get into uh, you know memories and everything like that. But um, I definitely wanted to touch on the Game Awards and the Game of game of the year nominations um so they actually you know made the announcement a few days back and they revealed the the game of the year candidates so i am i am going to put up a picture right now um once i find it uh just give me one sec i should have prepared this already but you know because i'm hosting uh it's hard to do two things at once but yeah so we have the graphic on screen right now and as you can see, we have Spider-Man, Red Dead Redemption 2, Monster Hunter World, God of War, uh, Celeste, is that how you pronounce that? Celeste? And Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So those are the Game of the Year nominations, nominees. Um, and yeah, we're basically going to give our thoughts on which game we think will win. And, uh, you know, whether they even deserve to be on the list, basically. Um, so I, I just want to kick this off by saying that uh, Celeste um, looks very out of place on this list to me, personally. Like, I don't know how anyone else feels about it, but that game really stands out on this list. Like, how did that game make it? Like, um, And I don't know if it's me being ignorant, but I don't even remember hearing anything about the game, uh, to be honest. Um, do, does wow, anyone else... Really? Anyone else people, have any insight on that? Go ahead, David. And people praise that game like crazy ever since it came out. Yeah. I, I, I would have been shocked if it wasn't on the list, personally. Oh, so, like, educate me. Like, tell me about the game and, you know, what uh, was great about it and everything. Well, I didn't play it, um, but I know that there's a ton of people that love that game. It's, it's very, very hard. It's a platformer, side-scroller, kind of like pixel art style. Um, and once again, I'll, I'll reemphasize it's extremely difficult. Like that's the whole point of it. Um, it's all very trial and error based, very short levels, you know, lots and lots of short levels. Um, it's, uh, very, I, I guess super meat boy would be kind of a good comparison point in terms of the gameplay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of one of those indie games that really took off in, in terms of the internet discussion. I, I feel like people talked about the game a lot. It got a lot of praise. Okay, and what and this was on like every system or I think it's available. Um I think so, oh. yeah. I think it's on all the main ones. I know it's on Switch, PS4, I think PC. Okay. Um I'm sure it's on Xbox probably too. Yeah, it's it's on pretty much everything. It's even on Linux, yeah. Okay, well it must have had a huge fan base for it to be included in this list, so kudos. Yeah, IGN to... gave it a ten. So oh, that wow. probably helped. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I always saw people on Twitter talking about it. I haven't played it myself either. Um, it does look like a Super Meat Boy game. I think what people mm -hmm. really liked too, though, is the story. I guess apparently the story like tackles some. I don't know if controversial. Oh uh, right yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah, yeah, it, it tackles some like really serious themes. I think. Um, so I think people really like that as well, uh, alongside like the really hard gameplay and everything like that it looked fun it looked like something i would want to play i am a little surprised it's 
on the, the list as well for game of the year, but people were saying like it should be game of the year, but people say that about a lot of games throughout the year. So um, I, I will say I'm a little surprised, but the hype was there the pe- and the reviews were there and everything. So I haven't played it myself. So it must be like really that good if everyone is saying that. I, I would have to double check this, but I feel like the past couple of years, the Game Awards has, has always had at least one kind of obscure, not obscure, but indie game on the list for, for the nominees for best game. Um, I could be wrong, but I feel like that's what they usually try to do. I yeah. can't really think of any other indie game that would have topped it in terms of popularity. Yeah, they, they well, have been trying to mix it up and they've been including, you know, some more obscure games and things in in the most recent years. Uh, what was you going to say, Rich? Yeah, I I was going to say, wasn't PUBG nominated for best game last year? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, because I know that Max was, he, he was he was very happy that they got nominated for last year for best game. <laughs> I remember. I just remember all the discussion around it because it wasn't finished yet at that time. Yeah, I'm, I'm checking. Um, I'm checking past years. It looks like 2016 got inside, so that was the indie game they picked. 2015 they picked uh, no indie games, so I guess that's when they started. Is 2016? Okay. Interesting. Okay, so I mean, um, I want to ask this question to you first, Ed. Um, so Ed, like. Out of these six games, which one do you think most deserves to win Game of the Year, in your opinion? Are you there, Ed? Okay, he, he's still getting out the car, getting his McDonald's out the car and everything. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so I'll go to you, David. Um, so if, if I limit it to just things that I have played, not even finished, but just have played some of, um, I would, I would say personally on this list, it's kind of 50, 50 between Spider-Man and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's tough. I guess if you force me to pick, I'd probably say Spider-Man, um, just because, I feel like that game had such high expectations and it exceeded all of them for most people. I know it did for me. Um, it's such a, such a good game. It's so well-designed. Visually, it's beautiful, great voice acting, great story, great characters. Um, it's kind of, I feel like, a masterclass in open-world game design. I, I feel like it gets almost everything it tries to do is done well. Um, so I, I don't feel like that's the case for many games, especially ones I played on this list. Like, there's a lot of things that I could complain about with Red Dead. Monster Hunter isn't really good for a lot of people. It it didn't hold my interest, even though I did like it. Assassin's Creed is like... It's it's almost like it tries so hard to do everything that it kind of falls short in some areas. Celeste is sort of a quirky indie game. I I haven't even played that one. I still haven't played God of War. I really want to, but I haven't played it yet. Um, So, for me, it would be Spider-Man. Okay, Okay, yeah. Um, interested to see uh, how many people agree with that. Because um, I, I definitely know, in terms of popularity, you know, that's definitely like one of the the closest contenders, I think. Um, but I've seen some arguments, you know, on Twitter and everything about actual gameplay mechanics and things of that nature. So I want to see what other people think. So Max, 
Um, sorry, David, you was going to say something again? I was just going to say I think gameplay is probably the strongest part of that entire game. I'd be curious okay. to see what their complaints were. Okay, I, I think a lot of people were just uh, kind of arguing. Like I've seen a lot of people argue for God of War, basically, and they're saying that that's like the most polished game in terms of uh, mechanics and, and things like that. So I can see that. So. I really want to play it. I just haven't yet. Yeah. Uh, Max, how do you feel about it? Um, really quickly on what you just said, I can see the argument for God of War because I feel like God of War, I don't want to say tried more, but there's in terms of gameplay, there is more diversity in it. Whereas Spider-Man, a lot of the gameplay is, it's pretty much the same the entire time, but it's very, very good. And it's very refined. It makes you feel like Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, 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 Perfect, damn near. Um, I have no complaints about the gameplay in Spider-Man, but I feel like that could be where that's coming from because God of War is, I guess, a little riskier, uh, you could say. Um, mm-hmm. But um, let's see. On the list, I've played God of War, Spider-Man, and Monster Hunter World. Uh, pretty much all three to completion. I actually am right at the end of God of War and still haven't beaten it for some reason. Um, like, I moved, and then in that time, I just like wasn't playing a lot of games when I moved. Uh, back in the summer and I was right at the end before I moved and then I just haven't finished it for some reason I should do that I'm seriously like at the end but um I would say Spider-Man is the one that's probably going to win and I it's between that and Monster Hunter World for me I really really liked Monster Hunter World and I know that everyone was saying I actually have a quick question um so Gary are you asking what we would personally vote for or what we think will win uh, I guess kind of both, so, you know, you can get... If like... I have to say what I think will win, I think it's going to be Red Dead. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I feel like it would be between Red Dead and Spider-Man, honestly. Those two, the hype for both of those is absolutely unreal compared to the rest of the games on there. Um, I'm surprised to see Monster Hunter on this list, to be honest. People said Game of the Year when it came out, but that came out in, what, February or March before, like, and it was before even God of War came out. So I'm, I am surprised it, like, made it to the list. Um, so that's really cool. I don't expect it to win at all. Um, honestly, it'll probably get last, if not that they reveal the vote counts, but it'll probably yeah, be I was I was really surprised at first, too, and then I, I, did, I looked into it a little bit, and I didn't realize how well that game had sold. Yeah, it's, no, it's Capcom's exactly. best-selling game of all time. I had not realized that it of sold all that time. Way. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh. yeah, it's sold I think over a lot ten million of copies as of August, so it's probably eleven or twelve million at this point. Yeah, because that franchise is really popular, just not here and always on like handhelds and stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure the last console version of it was the PS2, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this was my first Monster Hunter, but I know that people love it, especially. Yeah. I think like, if you if you don't count the Wii, I think the Wii had one. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Actually, I think the Wii did have one. Um, but yeah, this is and it's different than the other ones too. Like World is like streamlined. It's like catered to a more modern, um, casual even audience. Even though it's not a casual game, um, it caters to them as well. And and once you get through like the main game, all the hardcore players they have what they want as well. Like the franchise fans, like it caters to both in such a fantastic way. So that's really, really cool. And I know that they've been updating it all year. Like they have monthly content packs all the time. And I'm pretty sure all of them are free. 
So that definitely drove sales. The fact that it came out like when nothing else was out uh, drove sales. So yeah, it was really good timing just all across the board. And I think that they're now going to continue this franchise like separately, like this type of Monster Hunter separately from like the traditional type of games, um, if I remember correctly, because it did so well. So that's really cool. But yeah, I'm. Uh, it's cool that it's on the list. I don't think it'll win. Um, I do think it'll either be Spider-Man or Red Dead, because as much as God of War is, everyone loves God of War, I feel like Spider-Man and Red Dead still cater to more of a widespread audience, especially Spider-Man, because, you know, he's a superhero. And that game, I believe, that broke records. I don't know if Red Dead did, or I don't even know if that information's out for Red Dead yet, actually. I think, I I know I heard Spider-Man was like the best-selling Sony exclusive of all time or whatever. Yeah, or fastest selling, and I think, I think Red Dead. I, I remember reading set a record for the fastest selling, like piece of entertainment ever. Like it beat out like the Avengers and like everything. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know if they have announced full sales, but um, oh yeah, it's it's already sold 15 million copies in about a week. Wow. Yeah. Wait, 15 or 50? 15 which is 15. still okay. crazy yeah it had 17 million in eight days is what was reported wow, wow. Okay, yeah, no, is <laughs> but yeah i it definitely that caters those two cater to a widespread audience much more than god of war does or anything else on the list even assassin's creed i'd say um yeah as good as i'm hearing assassin's creed is so yeah a <clears throat> uh, quick question though like do you think the fact that red dead came out so soon will kind of hurt its chances of winning at all like because people haven't really completed this game i mean not some people have of course but like not everyone has had time to fully digest the game the online isn't even out yet like will these things hinder its chances of winning in any way um i'd actually argue that may help it Uh, possibly because it's fresh in people's minds and honestly no matter what game you play the further you get into it like the more you kind of find wrong with it i'd say and i could argue that people who haven't gotten very far in red dead they're still loving everything they played and they haven't like gotten past the honeymoon period part so i could see them maybe not even thinking about it just like automatically voting red dead um over the other ones um that's possible because i feel like also I'm sure a lot of people forgot about the momentum of Monster Hunter and how everyone was talking about it when that came out. And even Celeste and even God of War, honestly. I don't see God of War talked about much anymore, which is it makes sense. You know, it came and went. Um, but so I think that might actually help it. I could see it either way, but I, I think it would help it over hurt it. Yeah, one thing that I like to do is look back at like how, because I don't know who's on the committee or whatever that makes these decisions at the Game Awards, but. I'm guessing a lot of the same people have been there ever since it started in 2014. So, like, if you look back, 2014, Dragon Age Inquisition won Game of the Year, and that came out, I think, in November. Um, then The Witcher won in 2015, and I think that came out in the summer or the first half. Then Overwatch won, which I I don't think was at the end of the year. And then Zelda won, which was at the beginning of the year. Um, so they're kind of all over the place. I, sometimes it seems like they're willing to give something the vote at the end of the year, but other times they go to the early part. So I don't know. The trends don't really give me an answer. I thought they would ignore me. <laughs> a good idea, though. Yeah, man, man, he's coming with his research, so he's a professional. 
Um, Rich, how about you? What's your thoughts? Uh, what, which game do you want to win and which game do you think will win? You know, that, that's a very tough question. Uh, I actually want to go to you next, and then you can come back to me because I already know that uh, God of War, you definitely don't want that to win. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, um, in terms of me, like I... My, on my timeline in particular I'm seeing a lot of people say God of War, a lot of people are uh, making a case for it you know, compared to the other games a lot of people say that God of War was the more polished game when you put it up against like a, a Spider-Man um, I haven't really seen any um, particular dialogue about God of War versus Red Dead or anything like that but um I don't know, based on my timeline, it seems like God of War is still sticking in people's minds a lot. Um, and um, I feel like that game in particular, the way it was packaged, the way it was presented, it was, um, it, you know how you have Oscar bait movies, like movies that are made, um, you know, tailor-made for the, for the Oscars, basically. Like, they want that movie to win awards. I feel like God of War is like one of those games where it's like, it's... The, the presentation is, is so insane in that game that it's like they want all the accolades, you know, like they were going for something special with this game. Um, so I, I don't know. I feel like it has a good chance, um, you know, despite it not having a Spider-Man or it not being a Rockstar game, you know, um, or it, you know, not having the, uh, the fan base or Monster Hunter. I feel like it has a very good shot you know, just in terms of what it did and um, how it was packaged and presented. Uh, but the game that I want to win now, I didn't play Spider-Man yet. I, I am going to play it at some point, um, hopefully soon. Uh, I haven't played Assassin's Creed yet. Uh, I didn't play Celeste, of course. I played Monster Hunter and I didn't get into it as, as much as you guys Um now, I think that was because I bought it specifically to play with a friend. And initially, it's very complicated to get into a game with your friend in that game. I hear it gets much easier later. like once. Yeah, you... that, man, I, I want to back you up on that and, and just say how bullshit that is. Like, it is so confusing to just play with your friends in that game. I, yeah. it, it drove me insane. Yep. I had I had three friends that picked it up with me, and we had so much trouble. It did get better later on, but it, it sucked at first. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's a shame because that that kind of soured my experience a bit. Just because you know we 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 both bought the game at the same time, to you know with the specific intent of playing together, and you know that kind of hurt our experience with the game. Like we didn't enjoy it as much because it was too tedious. To, to kind of play together um but you know I, I, everything i hear about that game people you know the people who have put hours and hours into it they loved it and, and enjoyed it you know unfortunately i just never put that many hours into it but i'm sure if i did then maybe i would have seen something in it that would make me think okay yeah game of the year but i i didn't get that far into it so for me personally um it you know i i would have to go with red dead redemption is my choice just because it's that one game that's really held my attention and captivated me 
Um, but that is a personal choice, you know. Obviously, for everyone, it's going to be different. But that's my personal choice to win. And I think, in terms of who I like, which game I think will win, it's between God of War and Spider Man. I think, um, and I mean, Red Dead has a, a good shot, but I feel like people are going to uh, be conscious of the fact that the game just came out, and they're probably going to sway to Spider Man or God of War based on that. Um, now, obviously, this is a public vote thing as well. So, I mean, you probably are going to get people who will just vote Red Dead anyway, regardless of that fact. But I don't know. Um, I think people who want to vote sensibly will, uh, you know, and fairly uh, will probably go for Spider-Man or God of War. So um, that's what I think. Now, Ed, are you here? Is everything I okay? Man, I'm home. I'm home. I'm good. Are you, are you at the laptop? Yeah, 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 I'm at the laptop now. Laptop now. I'm good. Okay, G, uh, have you been following the Game of the Year nominees and everything? Um, I did see who got nominated. Uh, let me just do it real quick. I, I can uh, say Celeste, it to you right now. Heard... No, 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 I got it, I got it. Okay. Uh, Celeste, never heard of it. Monster Hunter World, terrible. Red Dead Redemption will probably win. Uh, Assassin's Creed, I'm pretty sure it's good. I haven't played it. <laughs> and uh, I forget who else. But yeah, Red Red Dead will win. Okay. Um, so, so you think Red Dead will win, but which game, um, in your personal opinion, would you want to win, like based on your personal choice? Hmm. Um... Super Lucky's Tell. What? <laughs> Man, a lot of people slept on that game. That game's good. That's that's. Uh, I know Rich likes that game. I think. <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh hey! Oh, I, listen! I I, no, I didn't have anything to say about that game. I know Max said that he likes Recore though. So. <laughs> I did actually want to try. <laughs> Recore was good for like five hours. Exactly. It was like it was good, and then it just slowly. Like, they just stopped making the game as the game went on. It was really weird. Yeah. <laughs> now, Ed, like, so uh, based on the games that are actually on the list, like, what would be your personal choice? So you've said you think Red Dead will Can win. Can I pick but... a game that... Can I pick a game that I haven't played? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because this is, like, which game you think will win based on, you know... I think if... I haven't, I haven't bought it yet because um, I know it's going to be cheap in, like, a week. So I was waiting for Black Friday, but Assassin's Creed is back, man. That, man, that game is so game, fucking I good. Odyssey is so it, good, I man. I can't wait to get into Odyssey. Man, you're going to love Odyssey. It's so good. I hope, man. It's amazing. I don't really know too much. I just know that the E3 stuff, I don't really follow gaming like that closely no more. So I just watch, you know, trailers. But, uh... Yeah, you're gonna love it. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm really curious. I would recommend playing as Cassandra. I think her voice actor is way better. Really? Yeah, I, I hear that um, the story is kind of tailored to her specifically, and like it feels better to play her or something. I, I didn't play a whole lot as Alexios. I played him at a preview event for a couple hours, but um, whenever I got it, I got Cassandra and. 
I just felt, I, I don't know. I, the story's pretty much the same, but it just, I don't know. It felt better as her, and I like her voice actor a lot, lot better. Um, I mean, I know some people like playing as Alexius, but I think Cassandra's way better. Cool. Noted. Okay, uh, Rich, you can no longer avoid us, so you, you gotta give up the answers. Like, which game? Yeah. Which game do you think will win, and which game do you want to win? So let me go ahead and start by saying I think everyone gave a very good explanation of, of all the games nominated. So uh, Celeste is a game that uh, I have not played, and Monster Hunter I also haven't played. Every other game on this list I have played. I did complete Spider-Man. Um, if you ask me right now what do I think is going, going to win, I think it's going to be Red Dead Redemption 2. And I understand what you said, Gary, that a lot of people possibly haven't had a chance to play the game yet but the thing is the award ceremony is not until later you know in, in december so they still have a couple of weeks to really dive into this game now whether or not somebody completes it we do know some people that have completed the game shout outs to mr tony polanco but uh there's a lot to do in the game i think it's very ambitious um yeah, I, I know I've said in in the, in the past that, you know, I, I have a little bit of an issue with the controls of the game. But uh, overall, the, the game is just a, it looks fantastic. The story is very compelling. So I think that that pro possibly is going to win the award, if I had to make a guess. Now, as for what I want to win, uh, I played a little bit of God of War. I have not completed God of War yet. So I have to definitely complete that before the year is over. Same thing with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, I've wanted that game ever since I did see it at E3. Haven't had a chance to play it yet. And it is going to be cheap, so much like Ed, I will be picking it up next week. But the game that I think I would pick to win is definitely Spider-Man, hands down. Because what David said about the gameplay is on par. They, they surpass a lot, a lot of things that I think were just fantastic. And then the story itself, to me, the story... Because after playing that game, you, you can clearly see that if they were to do a sequel, which I'm 100% certain they are going to do, they have left so much in there to explore for another game. And I am aware that they have DLC. They actually have a DLC that's coming out next week. Um, but nah, man, the way they handled that story, the way they handled the character, the fighting, all of that stuff is just on point. So if I had to make a choice of what I think I would pick to win. It would be Spider-Man, but I think Red Dead Redemption 2 was definitely going to get it. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to go for Spider-Man, but yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. So, good to know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's the Game of game Awards. That's uh, our thoughts, our predictions. We definitely want to hear more. So, anybody listening... Leave your comments, let us know which game you think will win, which game you want to win. Um, and, you know, with that, we're going to move on to perhaps the, the, the biggest news story that happened this week. And it actually uh, broke yesterday. Um, and, you know, w once this news story broke, like, the, it set the internet on fire. Like, my timeline just went crazy. It, it kind of exploded a little bit. So, um sony uh that i i think this broke as a leak initially like ig from ign um i think an article leaked and then it was taken down and then i think it went back up um, no i think that was variety that's where i saw it oh it was right okay. I heard that. Yeah, var 
Yeah, Variety had yeah. an article go live and then it got taken down and then went back up. Oh, okay. Okay, so it, it might have been... Uh, I probably just saw it on IGN first. That's probably what happened. But um, but yeah, so that the, the, the story broke that uh, Sony PlayStation will be missing E3 in 2019. So they will not be having a press conference. And this is the, the first time this has happened since the start of E3. Um, now this, you know, it raises loads of questions. Like there's many different ways we can go here. Um, but let's start with this, David, um, since you're always, you know, so well-versed. So is has there been any official statement from Sony regarding this or any particular, you know, official reason? Yeah, yeah, they issued a statement. Um, let me read it for you real quick. I, I put it into my article I wrote on this. Okay. Um, yeah, so they said, as the industry evolves, Sony Interactive Entertainment continued to look for inventive opportunities to engage the community. PlayStation fans mean the world to us, and we always want to innovate, think differently, and experiment with new ways to delight gamers. As a result, we have decided not to participate in E3 in 2019. We are exploring new and familiar ways to engage our community in 2019. We can't wait to share our plans with you. Uh, we will not activate or hold a press conference around E3. Uh, so that was their official statement. And um, back in September, they canceled PSX. Yep. Um, kind of saying something similar that um, we we don't we. I think back then they said they didn't have enough games. Um, so after Spider-Man came out and God of War and. Um, they said that they had, you know, games like Dreams, Days Gone are coming out next year, but um, they just didn't feel like they had enough games. So I think that's kind of kind of similar here. It, it just seems a little fishy because, I mean, does that mean Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima and Death Stranding or all those games 2020 now? Because, I mean, that seems like those would have been enough to bring the E3, but apparently um, maybe they're not coming out in 2019. Yeah, I think what it was is that though they were literally just going to show those same games because i think yeah you know, we, we've heard uh reports that they're, they're focusing on the ps5 already like you know the ps4 is winding down um and yeah we're, which we're, makes sense yeah we're you know we're slowly transitioning so i think those are the last games they have you know like uh the last of us 2 ghost of tsushima death stranding days gone you know, these are probably like the last of the heavy hitters. Well, I have I have a question for you, actually. Have they said for sure that The Last of Us Two is a PS4 game? I don't believe they have, and I fully expect that game to be cross-platform. So it's probably going to, you know, be on both. Um, um, okay, no, never mind. If you go to the official store page on the PlayStation site, it is listed as a PS4 game. Okay, yeah, because like my my thinking is. Um, we're moving into a new generation and I think everything is going to be backwards compatible by default so I I fully yeah, expect I, so. I fully expect it you know um, maybe two of these games Last of Us and Death Stranding to drop around the time of a new console release so that's not far-fetched to, to think that you know that those games might drop and we might actually get the new console around that same time um, yeah, and also like if if you remember they weren't backwards compatible, but back whenever the PS4 came out, there were a lot of games that came out on PS3 and PS4 at the same time. Yeah, um, like Destiny, I think Shadow Shadow of Mordor did that. Um, 
There was a lot of games that did Black that. Black Flag. Yeah, Black Flag. Um, hopefully, it's cross-platform. Um, that that would be great. Um, but yeah, I, I really do hope they do backwards compatibility. I feel like that's the biggest mistake Sony made this generation. And I think uh, Microsoft has gained a lot of ground on that. And um, I mean, all the backwards compatibility on Xbox is just fantastic. And I, I'm really shocked that they didn't have some type of response other than PlayStation Now, which is just garbage. <laughs> so I think they need backwards compatibility. Like, that's not even a question. Yeah. I, I hope. Oh, go oh ahead. sorry. Go ahead, Gary. Oh, no, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I hope that they have backwards compatibility, but I don't know if they will. Because, like, if you guys remember, uh, Last of Us came out, like, right at the cross-gen period. Um GTA 5 did the same thing, and then they ended up just remastering them like a year later. So I don't know if that was a technical issue, why backwards compatibility wasn't there right away, and they just chose to remaster it. And then now they'll just make the new consoles backwards compatible because they figured it out, or what's going on with that. Or if we're even going to get um, those weird like iterations of consoles that are going to be like phones like how Microsoft is probably going to discontinue the Xbox One S but make their new console part of the ecosystem of like the X and then whatever the next one is and then just keep doing that, like release yearly consoles and everything. So there is that to consider as well. So I guess that would make it backwards compatible, but it'd still be like weird because which one's the best version and then all that sort of stuff. So that would be interesting to consider because would that even be considered backward compatible because would it still be considered the same gen? Because Microsoft con- t- considers the X as the same gen. Will Sony be doing that with their next one? Or like, what's going on with that? That's going to be weird too. Uh, I think that's the direction consoles are going now, like um, what you just said. I think that is what's going to happen. So you buy the game once and you can play it on either PS4 or PS5. You know, I think that is where we're going and i think that should be where we're going because um considering you know both uh microsoft and sony they released mid-gen consoles like updated consoles i think it's a little unfair for people who bought the pro and the x to then have to you know buy a new system if they want you know that next upgrade and then none of those games work anymore like i think that's very unfair so i think that that's the direction both companies are moving towards to where you buy the game once and it works on uh you know both uh consoles whether it's the ps4 or the uh the xbox one you know and then the 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 next iterations of them so i i think that should be what happens here um so you're saying that you think the ps4 should be forward compatible as well like that if you buy a game and three years, it'll still work on your PS4. Is that what you're saying? Uh, so I'm saying, like, say you buy, say I buy Spider-Man right now, right? I think that should work on PS5 when I buy the PS5. So that that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So just backwards compatible. Yeah, I yeah. definitely agree there. Yeah. So I, I think that should be the general direction, and and you know that would make sense. So going back to uh the topic so i think uh we you know obviously they're working on ps5 so i think part of their logic for missing e3 is that that they were just going to show the same games anyway and they're not ready to announce ps5 so i'm thinking maybe they want to because you know when, when they first announced the ps4 they did it at their own private event 
And I think they want to do that again so they can control the media, they can control the narrative and they don't have to be up against Microsoft and anyone else that's having a press conference. You know, they want they want their own press day. So, yeah, I think uh, Xbox did the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. 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 So and the the switch as well. Nintendo did that, too. You know what they also want? What's that? They want to avoid that Xbox smoke. (laughs) <laughs> they know that Xbox is coming with some fire next year. Uh, did, did yeah, I certainly hope so, yet. man? Ed, I you... hope that's the case. I really do. X, I, I, I mean, sorry, Ed. I have one question for you. Did you watch the the X eighteen press conference or wherever it was that, that happened? Hey, man, that was in Mexico. You think they're gonna drop the big bombs in Mexico? Come on. Hey, that that's, that's like your you know that's your place, man. Like you, you know, <laughs> I, mean, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I know you was expecting something. Yeah, but like you know, Xbox, you know they wanna they're better than that. See, that my dog agrees. Fair enough, but I mean, you know that is a legit concern, um, and I, I think that plays into this because they want to control their own messaging, their own narrative. They don't want to be up like because the thing is with e3 it's like you're always going to be compared like no matter what happens you're going to be compared and why go through all of that with your console announcement when you can just you know do the the apple thing and say look this day we're having an event we're going to invite all press and then you know that's when we're, where we're going to you know announce everything so I think that is that that way works and through doing psx i think they've kind of realized that you know they have this this hardcore loyal uh fan base and you know they just want to be able to uh to address them directly you know um and a lot of companies actually are, are noticing that now and then not to mention there's all those different costs that come with being at e3 too so and you know with us guys being there before um we know that they they feed us very well at these events you know, there's there's food, there's beverages, there's kind of there's like a party environment, and then you go into the press conference, and there's production, you know, um, and all sorts. So, you know, why why go through all of that when you can just have a, a small, you know, you can rent out a small conference hall or something, and then just do everything that way. So, I think that's their thinking here. Um, and does, that, does yeah. everyone sort of agree with that, or anyone have any comments on that? Um, if if no one has anything else to really add, this is a perfect uh, segue into uh, our favorite coalition memories. If, if you want me to start that, uh, because yeah, go ahead. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I do want to come back to this. Uh, I have one more question, but go ahead. If you okay. have some, if okay, you have sorry. something that ties into this, then d- definitely go for it. Because oh. yeah, I was going to say my my favorite coalition memory was the uh, twenty sixteen E three. Or was it 2015? 20, yeah, 2015 E3 press conference for Sony, where they announced the Final Fantasy VII remake, uh, Last Guardian, and Shinmu 3 all at the same conference. Yeah. And I was sitting right there with Charles Singletary, and that whole fucking auditorium almost exploded. And I will never forget that moment. So if if there's never another Sony E3 press conference, I'm just happy that I got to be there for that one because that that was an incredible moment to be a part of. 
Oh yeah, yeah, that was the year I missed as well, and I was like so pissed because you know Final Fantasy, you know. Um, that was... <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, I mean that game might not ever actually happen, but that so... announcement was just oh my god, like it that I could just feel it in the air. People were so hyped. It was it was crazy. Yeah, man. Uh... I, I was so upset that I missed that because that was definitely like that. You know how uh, you always that that like every company has a defining moment at E3. Like that was one of the defining moments for Sony at you know all of the E3s. So um, that was definitely special. Um, and I heard many stories from you know that that year in particular, and people were very excited. So so yeah. Um, but going back to uh, the Sony thing, so I, I, I want to say like how, uh, so in terms of Microsoft, obviously, you know, uh, Phil Spencer went ahead and tweeted out that they're looking forward to E3 2019. So I'm sure they're going to take full advantage of this now. Um, so go ahead, Max, what was you about to say? I just thought that was hilarious when Phil did that. It was like a <laughs> Yeah, the, the timing was just, you know... I think two of my favorite people to follow on Twitter for gaming, like, you know, like, dunking on people is Phil Spencer and, um, oh, what's his thing? What's his, what's his name? The guy Azurai. from Bethesda, Pete Hines. Oh, okay. Man, Pete Hines yeah. is so funny because there was, there was a person that asked, um, why does New Zealand get to play Fallout 76 a day early? Because you know the time zones, mm-hmm. and his, um, he was like, well, "What, um, what, what do you think I should do in order to play Fallout 76? You know, well, what are my options?" And uh, Pete just told him to move to New Zealand. That that's what he should do. <laughs> and it was just, it was so perfect. He he, man, he messes with people so much. It's amazing. It's great him too. And, yeah. Not just being an asshole either. It's like clever. And yeah, him and Phil Spencer are both really, really funny. Yeah, exactly. I, I like when uh, Phil does stuff like that because it's like his persona, like he always comes across as the nice guy when you see him on screen and everything. So I like to see more of his actual uh, playful personality as well. So that was yeah, cool. he, he does a really good job just like remaining completely confident no matter what's happening. Like he's really, really good at always just being like a positive guy and just always look like he has control of the situation at all times, no matter what. He's very, very good at that. Yeah. Hey, Gary, do you follow Phil Spencer on Twitter? No, I, I mean, I don't follow a lot of people, so no. <laughs> but do you what, follow what? Phil Spencer, yes or no? No. What, why does that matter? Hi. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> why does that matter? Like, why is that relevant? That's all I'm saying. That's it. I just asked you a question. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. No more to add. So, how do you think? Uh, it all. How a question for you, Ed? How do you think Microsoft are going to take advantage of this situation? Um, I think they're just gonna make E3 about them. They're just gonna take over. Nintendo's presence isn't really that like. They don't feel like they're there anymore because they don't have a conference and they do everything through their uh, direct or whatever. So yeah, I don't know. It just, Smash will, it Smash will be out by then too. So it's like, I mean, the, well, what is their game going to be? I guess Metroid maybe, but probably not. Yeah. 
But yeah, I just feel like it's just gonna be all about the console, the Xbox console, whatever they show. What, like a new console? Um, I don't think we're gonna get a new console console. I feel like Xbox is thinking in the future. I think they're ahead of their time right now. Um, and they're just gonna be on some other stuff. Like, I just feel like Xbox is just gonna be Xbox. And they're just always gonna just make the console better. As far as, like, a better graphics card and stuff like that. But I don't think I'll... I don't expect, like, an Xbox 2 or something. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. You think we'll get more studios as well announced? Uh, nah, I don't think so. I think that's good enough. They got 13 studios. That's a lot. Yeah, I, I do think a lot of those studios are working on next-gen games anyway. So I'm very curious about what Microsoft is actually going to show next year. But, I mean, them, uh, with Sony not being there, they are definitely in a great position. So... Uh, they can't really but I feel like even even today like Xbox is in a better position of showing your of showing you their future like they have games to show and and I can't really say well they do PlayStation does but I just don't feel like they have uh, much to show in comparison to Xbox yeah I think the big difference is we already know what's coming for Sony. We have no idea with Xbox other than like Halo and Gears, but they have so many studios that are obviously working on things that we don't know about. So the potential is there for it to be really, really amazing. And I hope they take advantage of that. Well, yeah, they have momentum, so. Yeah, they're going to take over next gen. I think they have a lot of faith in what they're doing for the next generation. I think they've sort of not given up on this one. But they're just sort of getting everyone locked in so that when next gen comes around, they already have a big player base that will push it forward even more. Because, you know, with like that all access plan they do and with the one X, they're trying and with Game Pass, they're like catering to everyone and making everyone be like, oh, man, Game Pass is so awesome. Like, I I cannot believe that they're the only console that that has something like that. It's so good. Right. Ten a month. Ten a month stupid cheap and you get like i i've been playing forza horizon 4 uh occasionally because of it i never would have played it otherwise because I yeah just... that's that's a great point like it opens up the doors for games that i would have never been interested in before like forza or sea of thieves say to decay 2 was awesome i i probably wouldn't have bought that yep. um yeah like and then they have a bunch of third-party games too like elder scrolls online fallout division uh, rainbow six like it's really good value Mm-hmm. And they're bringing really? to it, which is crazy. Yeah. PUBG. Yep, that's it's quite something. So yeah, they they they're getting on everyone's good side, um, despite not having games. But we know those are coming. I would hope since they have all those new studios, but they're so far off still. We're probably not going to see anything from even like Ninja Theory for probably another year or two. Look, man, what I want to see is Fable. Show me Fable. Oh, yeah. I bet you that Playground rumor is true, though. That's Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's true. They kind of even throw hints at it, like, oh, we want to see what else we could do. I'm like, yeah, we know you. Yeah, they're hiring for the open world RPG 
and it's like it makes sense for it to be Fable, unless it's a new IP. But it, it's probably going to be like just a reboot of Fable. Yeah. So, Rich, uh, I know you was on the Throwdown just uh, last night, I believe it was. Um, do you have like any more thoughts to share on this topic? Yeah, I want to say a few quick things, and I will try to be brief. Uh, I, I think a lot of great points have been made so far on this show today. Um, but I have to say that some stuff that Ed said, I disagree with. I think that at E3 next year, Microsoft could just as easily announce, oh, yeah, and we're working on the next Xbox, and we're going to reveal it at the next E3, similar to what they did with the Xbox One X. Because I, I recall at that same show, that's when they introduced the S. And then by the end of the show, they were talking about the X. So I um I could see them doing that. Um, one other thing I want to mention about that same show, Phil Spencer made it a point this E3 to say, we're going to talk about that playground game in the future. So I'm pretty sure that's going to get shown. Uh, whether it's Fable or whatever, or, or a new IP, that's going to definitely get shown at E3 next year. Um, so I and I and I also did hear a report. Now again, this is not a confirmed report, but I heard a report that Ninja the, the Ninja Theory game might get revealed next year. That doesn't mean it's coming out next year, but I mean I do think it is possible that uh, some of this stuff we can at least learn some information. Now, the initiative, no, we definitely won't know anything about what they're doing, but Gears 5 is the big game coming out next year for for Microsoft during the fall, so we'll definitely get more information about that. But no, I think Microsoft is, I do think they're going to have a lot to say at E3, uh, definitely, and then, of course, because they will be one of the bigger shows, they'll have all the focus on them. I mean, Bethesda's still going to have their show, EA is still going to have their horrible show, <laughs> so... Microsoft will have a they're going to definitely have a lot to say and looking forward to that. And the last point I will make in regards to Sony, as I said on the throwdown last night, um, I really feel, though, that there's nothing else that they can show us that they haven't already shown us. Now we just need release dates. So if I was Sony, let, let the fans know when it, Last of Us 2 was out. When is Ghost of Tsushima coming out? When is Death Stranding coming out? That's it. We already know that Days Gone is coming out in April next year. Um, so looking forward to that. Uh, so, yeah, I think at this point, that's all they need to be focused on. And then, of course, with PlayStation 5, yeah, I, I can see that coming out in 2020. Uh, they are going to definitely have... One thing I do want to say, even though they're not going to be at E3, they are definitely still going to have something next year. I, I, I believe that. You know, They're not going to go the whole year without some type of news or some type of show, you know, so it's just a matter of when that's going to happen. But um, in regards to the decision to pull out of E3, uh, I don't blame Sony for that decision. You know, they've been doing PSX for a while, so they didn't technically need to be at E3. But uh, I do know the ESA um, definitely should be concerned at this point because uh, I got that email from the ESA yesterday where they was basically saying, trying to give numbers and talk about how successful E3 was and how successful E3 2019 is going to be. And I find it funny, the timing of that email to coincide with the news that Sony said we're not going to be at, at E3. So, 
that was interesting. Yeah, one of the questions I was going to ask next is, uh, do you think this hurts, you know, ESA and E3 as a whole? Because, um, like, yeah. they've been scaling back slightly over the past few years. Like, uh, there's been companies kind of dropping out and, you know, uh, more and more companies are realizing they can do their own thing, like EA, for example. So, do you think this hurts, uh, you know, the ESA and E3? Because um, I've actually seen people saying they they might not go, you know, to E3 as well because Sony's not going to be there. So, uh, and you know, this is like one of the major major companies. This isn't just like a, a game publisher or something. Like this is Sony we're talking about. So, like, what's your thoughts on on that in particular? Uh, no doubt about it. I mean, there's a lot of people that I spoke to yesterday. As soon as they heard that 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 news, they're like, you know. I don't know if I'm going to make it to E3 next year because even though there are other companies there, it's, it's, it's no doubt about it that going to the shows, well, let me backtrack here. Of course, seeing everybody that you only get to see maybe once or a few times a year, that is always the highlight of going to these these shows. You know, I, I always look forward to seeing all of you guys because I see you in person. It's a, it's a rare, rare thing. So obviously that is the highlight of going to these shows but then outside of that you want to go and be able to check out all of the conferences so while many people may not admit this the sony conference people look forward to that every year they look forward to the xbox show also but the sony show yeah they look forward to that all the time so for sony to pull out of it and then also to not be not, not have any games playable on the showroom floor i think that's a big deal and I definitely would have to question whether or not I would attend E3 next year uh, for that reason. But I will say this, and I'm going to give an endorsement right now. There is one show that I do plan to attend, which in my opinion is the better show, and that is GDC. But, you know, that's just my opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and that's another thing. I mean, there are other shows out there people can attend. But, David, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, what was the question again? So the question was, uh, do you think that the Sony pulling out will hurt E3 and the ESA, you know, as a, as a whole? Uh, E3 and the ESA, I would say probably, yeah. Um, they're obviously gonna, you know, I'm sure Sony had to pay them a lot of money every year, so I think they're gonna feel that. And it's not like. Even with EA, whenever EA left, you know, you could just, you know, have other publishers increase their booth sizes. You know, you could have, like, oh, maybe Tripwire can have a bigger booth. Epic gets a better, a bigger booth. Ubisoft gets a bigger booth. Um, but with Sony out, that's like half of that haul. Um, so I'm not sure how you scramble to replace that in, what is it, eight months? I don't think that's possible. Um, you know, Nintendo is... Maybe they'll expand a little bit because they're right across from where Sony was. Um, but Microsoft isn't there on the show floor really anymore anyway. Um, you know, there's no EA. So I think it's going to be felt. I think there's definitely going to be an absence and they're going to feel that financially as well as, you know, people's perception of E3. Um, but the industry's changing. Like E3 doesn't matter anymore. You know, like I, I enjoy going because I grew up watching it on TV and I love seeing everyone and getting to interview people and meet developers and play games. And But most of these games, they could just send me a, a key over the internet. I could play a build on, on my PC. I could go to a preview event in San Francisco. I could 
you know, there, there's so many other opportunities to do demos that you don't need E3 anymore. Um, and, you know, people buy games digitally now, so meeting with retailers isn't that big of a deal anymore either. Um, it's just, it's a different time. Like, E3 isn't that important. And I think it's going to be a slow dissolution of what the current model of E3 is. And it's going to, you know, it's. I think it's just changing times because Sony realized that and they, they don't see the benefit. It's probably not financially worth it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well said. Um, and I mean, you know, I, I think this does kind of hurt E3 a little bit. You know, um, obviously we, we've we've been seeing people pull out of E3 already over the past few years. But this one is definitely going to leave, you know, some sort of impact. And um, shouts to Wesley, um, who's who's listening. Um, he's actually been DM, DMing me a lot since uh, this news broke. And, you know, he's very vocal about the fact that he only tunes in because of sony and you know now he's just completely not interested next year and you know i know uh we're like us in particular on this show we're kind of we've kind of like outgrown the whole fanboy war and debate and thing like that you know uh, we we may joke about it every every now and then but i do think that that is also a big part of the build-up of e3 it's like there's always that conversation about which company is going to perform the best you know um and that's kind of taking away taken away now because uh with nintendo they kind of do their own thing anyway so it's like they're almost always exempt because their fan base is just completely dedicated to them and there's people out there who will just they'll always have a nintendo system no matter what so we don't always compare them to you know uh sony and microsoft but sony and microsoft like in particular we always compare them they're they're always opposites you know so that conversation is now taking away from e3 like you 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 have no more uh you know speculation or debate about which company is going to look the strongest you know so that takes away an element too and that's a big part of the fandom overall so um i i definitely think this kind of does hurt e3 a little bit in some ways like if it was just like another publisher like activision or something like that pulling out then people would still tune in but this is sony you know this is one of the big guns so um it's definitely gonna hurt a little bit Uh, was you going to say something david i saw your mic going in and out nope okay um so max or ed uh, any thoughts on that like whether this will hurt E3? Um, I mean, like, yeah, I think it's going to hurt E3, like, especially the company in terms of money and everything like that. But um, I don't know. I feel like <clears throat> the way that E3 has gone the past two years, I feel like as much as, as much as the reveals have been really great and people have loved the reveals and everything, I feel like everyone's just been sort of waiting for just not a lot of new things have been announced since like last year with Sony. Um, we got the same games that we knew were coming. We just saw more of them and everything like that. And like David was saying, we could just kind of get that stuff online nowadays. Um, and especially people in the industry can just get builds and everything sent to them and everything like that. So it's just not something that I think as many gamers are looking forward to as much. Like even on Twitter, I know Twitter is kind of a cesspool of negativity and stuff like that, but um, I feel like a lot of 
journalists and gamers and just people in the industry nowadays just aren't as enthused about E3 every year anymore. Uh, I don't know why that is, but I, it might just be because of the, the lack of reveals and everything like that. And just the fact that we can get a pretty good experience watching stuff online. And the fact also that just everyone sort of has their own conferences nowadays and that information comes out all the time. Like E3 is still a big information time, but I mean, there are big things that happen like almost every week nowadays. So I feel like the impact of E3 is sort of lost in a way. So I think Sony is sort of reacting to that as well and just being like, well, we can kind of do our own thing. And if we don't have anything to show this year, like that's okay because people will be there for when we do have something to show. It might not even have to be at E3. So I think it's possible that we might see even a decline um, in E3 next year and the years after, unless they pull something out their ass or I don't know, maybe they'll just have to be like more of a focus show, like downsize and everything, like sort of like packs or something maybe. Cause I know people still really enjoy packs. I think it's also the environment that it generates, whereas packs is more of like a, uh, not homey environment, but it's more like personable and it's not as corporate feeling like E3 can be uh, with like Sony and Microsoft and everything. So maybe they'll have to take that route or something. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Cause yeah, we have seen them. Oh shit. Yeah. Cause we have seen them uh, shift, you know, in terms of, uh, cause they've been having general public come to the event now, you know, um, instead of just media, cause it used to be just a media event. And that explains that corporate feel. Um, so I, I do think that is maybe one of the ways they can um, kind of supplement things a little bit, like just bring in more general public. Because uh, I think as companies pull out of E3, less media will, like us, will want to go anyway. Um, you're probably always going to have your top dogs like IGN, you know, uh, Polygon. You know, they're always going to be there, um, and they'll probably, you know, they'll they get early access to, to things anyway. Um, but they'll be there just to be there too um but you know small media outlets like us you know we're like we're probably gonna not go as as much you know the more companies pull out so uh, i think switching over to the, to a more public uh environment will definitely help them in the long run um and because there's people everywhere who always dreamed of going to e3 so you know they can play on that i guess but ed what was you gonna say Uh, I was just going to say that now that Sony's not there, I might actually want to go to E3 now. <laughs> this dude. <laughs> and why is, why is that? <laughs> because it'll actually be good. Like, they cut out their crap. <laughs> so it wasn't good last year when Microsoft was there too? I mean, yeah, but it like it's kind of like, you know, Gucci, and then right next door you see freaking... Walmart clothes, you know? <laughs> not, they're not on the same level. <laughs> this guy. Okay, that's hilarious. But yeah, um, so that's that's our thoughts on that. Any final thoughts before we move on to the final topic? Go I'm good. Okay. Rich? Nah. Oh, nah. Let's move on to the, the final topic. <laughs> okay, so... This is anniversary month of the coalition and, you know, we've been celebrating our 10 years of his existence on the internet. Uh, you know, last week we had um, one of the founders, Anthony Frazier, 
and we had uh, Fergus Mills joining us uh, this week. You know, we, we brought back David, Max, Ed. Um, so let's talk some stories. Like, I want to get some, some, you know, some of your your best memories with the coalition. You know, it could be uh, it could be three, could be two, could be one. However many you know you have to share. So um, let's get straight into it. Um, I'm gonna set it off with with you first, Ed. Because uh, I feel like you should have been on the last episode with Anthony and Fergus, but you was working, so it wasn't possible. So, yeah. Uh, so go ahead. What's what's your been your memories, your best memories? Oh man, there's a lot. There's a lot because I guess there's a like I have memories of like the day we started the site, um, and we know how that whole story came to be. But yeah, just to be in that the thick of it and be around y'all like it's crazy. I was probably like fresh out of high school. Actually I was, I think. I was like eighteen, nineteen. Um and I mean, I don't know, even though you're kinda of my age now, Gary, like I just all looked up to y'all, like y'all were the ones doing it and you know, I was just happy to be a part of the team. It was pretty cool. And I never thought that we would even be able to get review copies. I would never think that we could go to E3 off this. Like, it was crazy. And then, um, yeah, and so that happened. And, and, yeah, just being able to see how the site has grown and what it has become. It's, you know, cool to see that people have come through and they... Uh, do something greater uh, after their time here, and it's just cool. Uh, how would like let's talk E3? So I mean, your your first E3 was 2013, I believe. Like, what was it like for you to? Because we, you know, we had been running the site for years at that point, and you hadn't really met too many people at that point. Um, and then, yeah. you, you know, you met me, you met Richard and Jenny went that year. Um, and you met, a bu- you met a bunch of other people from other sites. So like, what was your initial thoughts and, and reactions to, you know, meeting everyone for the first time and actually being, you know, physically in the, the environment that you, that you'd been covering for years? Um, well, like meeting y'all, it was kind of like easy transition because I was talking to you and I think Rich for like a couple of years now, so it wasn't like, eh, like it wasn't some weird shit. But um, yeah, it was just really cool to be there and just to to think. Like right now, I'm thinking like I think that trip was like the first time I flew somewhere solo, like by myself. Um, and yeah, it was cool and we had fun. And I got to be in that environment, you know, walk around E3. I always saw it on TV, but now I'm here. And you know, I was amped for that Xbox conference, man. That was, I feel like those two Xbox conferences, you know, I remember the vibe. I remember what I felt that day. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I'll say about, you know, hanging with Ed and everything, um, like because oftentimes like when we're at e3 we're so consumed by our goals and objectives with covering all the games and all the the events and everything that we don't actually get time to just relax and soak in you know los angeles and chill out and stuff but 
when Ed was there, like we actually went away and did stuff outside of just the, you know, the gaming thing. Um, and, you know, I remember in 2014, um, you know, we went to Universal Studios, we went to uh, Hollywood, and, you know, we did a bunch hey, of man, stuff. Remember that when day. that Dracula dude scared the fuck out of us? Oh, yeah, the haunted house. And, yeah, that was. Hilarious. Yeah, like that was the first thing we did. And we couldn't tell if this Dracula thing was a statue or an actual <laughs> person. And we looked at it like dead in the eye, and we couldn't tell. And we're like, all right, it's a statue. And then, bam, this, this dude scared the fuck out of us right at the entrance like i was like oh hell no i don't even want to go <laughs> yeah. oh shit that's some crazy that was hilarious that that's definitely like that year was one of my favorites as well that was 2014 um that was a great year um so what, is, what happened at that e3 you know what i i don't uh, i think we had the console announcement so like that year right, like, right. they uh announced the new consoles and stuff or well they might have announced them the year before the... but but that was the year that yeah, they, yeah, they, they were launching them. that's the year that they were actually there yeah 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 because yeah, i remember uh i played xbox one at the time yeah so we're yeah playing man. local cycle <laughs> <laughs> and uh before uh, I move on from Ed, I also do want to say that, um, you know, because I, I said this last week, but you're actually here this week. Um, you're really the reason why I became a co-founder of the coalition, because um, when we was analog hype, you know, before the coalition, you were the one that, um, you know, asked me to be on the podcast. And from me being on that, that you know, podcast, that's the reason why I got in with the team and everything. And then, you know, when the split happened and we became the coalition, I was, you know, right there as, as a co-founder with you and, and everyone else. So, you know, it, it was really you that brought me in. So I have to always, you know, thank you. <laughs> changed my life. I changed your life. Yeah. So, yeah. Nah, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just hit you up. <laughs> yeah, it was really like a right place right time kind of thing but i always like like we've hired a lot of people like this was a topic that y'all mentioned last time we've hired like a lot of people and i've seen people come and go and like there was there was some people that i didn't like i wasn't like i didn't click that well but like i feel like i kind of just always knew who like I clicked with and who like I personally accepted into the click you know like you know you kind of mm -hmm. have a little click here and 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 I don't know I just feel like I sometimes I read people's vibe and if they're cool I, you know I mess with them and if not then I'm like eh yeah cause, cause making sure people are a good fit like that's definitely an important part of you know having a site like yeah this i always it's... looked at i guess what i'm trying to say is i always looked i always looked at the coalition as like a brotherhood yeah because because back in the day we used to have that skype chat and like we were there 24 hours a day like our yeah skype i used, I used to look forward to that skype that that skype chat was like what gave me life man like i would 
I would sit. That was the first thing I would check when I got home from class or work or whatever. I, uh, yeah, that that was before Slack and Discord. That was like, that was it right there. Yeah, there was always somebody in that chat online because we had the UK people, so we know they're up early. Like they gave me things to read in the morning, like. <laughs> yeah, especially with all the shit talking Carl would do, and oh man, that was good times. Yeah, man. Like I know, uh, David, you probably remember like some of those long Skype calls, like where we was like on a call like all day sometimes. Like, oh yeah, uh, no, I remember. Like I, I would be on a call with you guys for like two hours, and then like go to work and come back, and it's still going. <laughs> And like it, the little Skype timer will say like ten hours, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> that happened to me a couple times. Where like I went to bed and I came back. Those were the days. Um, yeah, th- thanks for you know all the memories and, and stuff, Ed. So um, you know I'll, I'm gonna get to uh, Mr. Max Muller now. He's been with us, you know, the, the shortest amount of time. Um, you know. Um, you know, of, of everyone on this show, but we've had a lot of memories with him, even you know. So, um, and it was definitely a pleasure meeting him, you know, for the first time in uh, 2017 and everything like that. Um, so, Max, like, what has been some of your, you know, best memories in your time with the coalition? Um, definitely E3, uh, the first E3, um, where I got to meet like everyone in person for the first time because that was sort of unreal. Um, because like, I had always been like making like YouTube videos about gaming and everything like that, but like nothing had really, um, it wasn't something like where I was able to ever go to any events or anything like that. So being able to go there and like meet all you guys for the first time after talking with you all online for, I think it was about a year because I joined up the summer before, um, like right before E3, I think 2016, Um, so then I didn't end up going until the next year. So it was really cool to like, having talked to everyone for so long and like actually just meet everyone in person. That was absolutely unreal. Um, because I, I remember at the time it was like, it was Gary, it was you, there was Rich, David, Tony, uh, Charles, Tatiana, Anthony Nash, JJ. Um, that was like, I think the main group for the most part. And it was like crazy to just meet everyone at first. Cause those were most of the people that like welcomed me in and everything like that. And it was the first time I had ever like met people online first and met them in person and everything like that, which was, um, absolutely crazy. And I remember that whole week, like it didn't even really matter what was going on during the, um, conferences or everything like that because we were all just hanging out and having a good time like no matter what and i remember we even stayed a couple of days after just so that we could all hang out and do things um which was just absolutely unreal and it's really really cool to just be able to do that each year because i'm not the best at like keeping up with people online or like even in person to be honest like i just usually keep to myself for the most part like i just do my own thing um but like being at e3 like seeing everyone even the next year even though unfortunately we didn't get to see you gary um seeing everyone there it was like it's cool because it's like we sort of just pick up where we left off or like even today uh just jumping on the podcast it's really really cool just have so many people like that in your life and uh just being able to meet them for the first time and then just continue that relationship is just absolutely unreal and i think that 
that's really, really cool that we can have that with the coalition and everyone here and everyone who's like been here and like left and all that sort of thing is absolutely insane, honestly. And that's, I think that's definitely my favorite memory is just the first time meeting everyone. Cause that's still pretty recent for me too. Um, Cause to be honest, I've only been like, even like writing for like two years, like since the start of me with the coalition was really like the big start of like the professional side of my writing and everything like that. So it's still like pretty recent, which is absolutely insane. But yeah, definitely that. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, you know what? What I love seeing Max, like, because you're you're still so so young, and it's like we were all around your age, like when we first started doing this and stuff. So I'm I'm loving that I can like relive certain things through you a little, like just by keeping up with you and seeing what you're into. And it's like, you know, yeah, he's you know, I remember having that same kind of mindset and doing these same kind of things, you know. So um, it's really cool to you know to have you on the team and everything that's absolutely awesome <laughs> i didn't know that you guys all started so young too that's so cool because i guess the site has been around for 10 years so that makes sense actually now that i think about it yeah let me see i first started writing for coalition 20 2011 i was 20 yep exact same age as me actually when i started <laughs> yep. that's awesome yeah, I actually won't ever forget. I, I don't know if if Anthony's ever going to hear this, but um, whenever he he posted on what was it, gamejournalismjobs.com or something like that, and uh, I emailed him and a bunch of other places, and um, he was like the first one to reply, and um, he wanted to see some writing samples, so I sent him some stuff that I just wrote on like a Word doc, and uh, I remember and he complimented me and said that. He thinks I was probably a better writer than he was. And in that sentence, he had a typo. And I remember just thinking <laughs> it was like the funniest thing ever. And yeah, that, that was my first interaction with Anthony. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I still haven't met him in person either. Or you, Ed. Yeah, yeah. And and we're Texas boys and it sucks that we did it. <laughs> yeah, I know. We were like four hours apart from each other for like five years. Maybe you could come to this crappy uh, pack, San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta escape California eventually. The whole state's burning to the ground. So true. Uh, d- does that affect where you're at too? There's no fires here, but the air quality is the worst in the history of this city. It's so bad outside. It's smoky and it looks like fog, but it's smoke. Like I can barely breathe when I go outside. Oh man, that, that's not good. It's no good environment to be in. But, um, no bueno. Yeah, I hope everything's cool over there, though. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, David, uh, let's get to you. Like, share some of your best TK moments and your best memories and everything. Uh, Well, the Sony press conference that I talked about, that's definitely number one, like, hands down. That, that moment... It will always, I will always remember that moment because of just how excited that room was. And it just, it was electric and it was great because it was the first time I got to, I got to meet, um, I think, was that, no, I didn't meet Rich. He, you didn't go that year. I, th- I, don't, I don't think you went that year, did you? Yeah. Or me and Rich wasn't there that year. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, I met, yep. I met Tony, um, and JJ, Charles, um, I believe I met Tatiana for the first time there. Uh, Stephanie, 
was still with the site then. Um, there was a bunch of people I met for the first time, especially Charles. We shared a bed, so we became brothers that trip. And uh, <laughs> that was it, it. Was just so much fun. That, I think that's still my favorite E3, just because it, you know your first time is is always so much better. Um, it, it was great. Um, beyond that, I love doing turn base with you, Gary. That was so much fun. Still my favorite podcast I've ever been a part of. Um, that was that was a great time every time we did it. Um, I the, I think what I liked about Coalition most was that um, since it was my first site I wrote for, there were so many things that I was still learning, and just um, you guys were so welcoming and accommodating, and you were so helpful, and um, I, I feel like I growed. Uh, just so much and um you know it, it without the coalition without all that going on in my life i don't think i would be doing any of the things i'm doing today like there's no question in my mind at all like yeah i yeah so i mean for for me it's it's that e3 trip is my number one memory but um pretty much pretty much anything like i mean it was just everything was great yeah man um and one one of the stories I have to highlight, like one of the memories, is uh, you know I'm not I'm not gonna mention the name of it because I don't want to put people on blast or anything. But you know we we actually made a spoof EP, like a rap EP, and David surprised me like he can actually rap. Like you guys, <laughs> you guys have to hear David rap, man. <laughs> That's that awesome. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, sure I must confess getting out. I must confess oh yeah <laughs> I know that line <laughs> oh man yeah that's it's a delicacy man <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that a delicacy to me yeah that was really good yeah, yeah that yeah I, I I think part of my part of my brain wants to pretend that never happened but <laughs> um uh that's good times i i honestly still listen to every now and then super nintendo sega genesis like that one is the best one like easily that was so good you guys were on fire you and ed gary yeah yeah everyone says ed got the better of me on that one um, and i you know probably did because like he, he he played more games around that time than i did but yeah i mean growing that's... up i was i was genesis but yeah he he, he definitely he won yeah <laughs> but that that is that is a great <laughs> song i i enjoyed doing that song with with ed so definitely um but yeah uh, is is that about it and for the memories yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I think just, so. Real quick, I didn't wanna, I didn't wanna, I didn't wanna say it, but since David said it, I too shared a bed with Gary. So yeah. <laughs> uh oh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> well, just for the for the record, a lot of people shared beds. Like that's all you have to do at E three, you know. So it's it's a thing, but yeah. Yeah, we, 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 uh, sometimes you, you got, uh, there, there was one year where we had a really bad Airbnb too, but yeah, I don't want to, oh wanna man, get... that was terrible. That was cockroaches. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that was the worst Airbnb that I have ever been to. Never again. <laughs> Same. <laughs> and, uh, I guess real quick memories was like Gary getting harassed at Popeyes by a bum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Hey, Garrett also had an interaction at Popeyes. Yeah, I remember oh, that. Right, right. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, that was Garrett. He was uh, calling them. <laughs> yeah, red. that was Garrett. Yeah. But but yeah, I think I what happened that. was um I tried to like get us to leave, and then the dude started going off on me, like forget for <laughs> interrupting or whatever. So he went to snuff you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really random. But nah. Uh, I tried sushi for the first time at E3. Horrible. I love sushi, man. Yeah, me too. Me three. Sushi is fire. Oh, man. That, that was my first time, too. Like, <laughs> and after that, I was a lover of sushi. So. I bet. <laughs> so, um, Rich, uh, I mean, me and you, we do the show every week, you know, um, but do you have any memories to add here before we wrap up? Yeah, I'm 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 gonna say that uh it has been an absolute pleasure to have to know David, to know Max, to know Ed, to know you, Gary. Um I wanna say very quickly, uh just to highlight, you know, like, like I said, when when I joined the site, again, it's it's just that so many excellent things have happened that I would have never imagined. But well, one thing I absolutely have to announce, have to say, and I hate to put this guy on blast, but uh, I mean, David actually invited me to his wedding, and that honestly for me was a life changing experience to go out to California again and just be able to be out there, um, get to meet his family. That was awesome. So that is a highlight to let you know that it is more than a website as you guys said it's a brotherhood so i am forever well, always let's, let's be clear here i didn't just invite you you were one of my groomsmen you weren't well, just yes. a guest yes you, you're 100 percent correct yes yeah I've got, I've got photos of you on my wall next to my wife and kid so <laughs> of my all the groomsmen in the wedding so i mean that yeah so so i i, I do i do have to admit that i i do feel pressure now Knowing that David's other friend Josh is uh, probably going to be the next one to get married, I, I do feel some pressure now that I, I'm gonna have yeah. to step up to the plate. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that 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 was that. I, I am forever appreciative of that opportunity. That was that was really something special to witness. Um, uh, I'll say very briefly about Max. Yeah, it was great to meet Max for the first time. I, I recall we went to uh, one of those restaurants. That had really good chicken um on our way to coming back from the convention um what? which one are you talking about the chinese one i think or was it like the chinese chicken? one the chinese or the mexican oh, place where, where, where the three of us went yeah yeah, yeah that's that was, what i was thinking that was chinese like that was that, I, I loved that by the way that was, that was absolutely really delicious i think about that meal often <laughs> yeah that, yeah that, that that was awesome <laughs> Yeah. That, that was great and then of course yeah you seeing how excited you was to even though we got separated at the e3 that we went to where uh you know we we, we, we couldn't sit all sit together because they we somehow got separated and then i know uh we ended up being in an article talking about xbox fanboys you remember that gary yeah I remember that. <laughs> yeah then they highlighted us as xbox fanboys that's ridiculous because we were at the event early so i had to laugh at that one Gary, I remember you made that your profile picture for a little bit. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. 
and, and of course, uh, meet, meeting Ed. Like I said, you, you already mentioned we, we, we were at that horrible hotel, um, that horrible uh, Airbnb. Uh, but still, we had a good time that year. Yeah, 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 yeah all the conferences. And, and and it's funny because Ed was the one who was saying, "Oh, we need to be up early." Because I remember he was the one saying, "Yeah, we need to be at this Xbox event early." So so it was good for him to say that because it is instilled in us. Oh, we got to be uh, early at these events earlier to get a good seat. So yeah, yeah now now people are waking up at, at five a.m. Four a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But no, um, excellent memories. I'm glad to see that everybody has been doing fantastic, and I hope that there's even more greater things in everybody's future. All right, I would just want to ask Max and or everybody can answer this. What was the first game y'all reviewed for the Coalition? Mm. My game was From TNA Dust. Impact. On uh, TNA Impact on the 360. Nice. Mine was um WWE. Uh, I think it was called SmackDown versus Raw at that time, and it was uh two uh no it was yeah it was 2009. So SmackDown Raw 2009. That was my first review. I I felt left out. You guys didn't give me a wrestling game as my first one. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? What was it? We knew you were better than that. <laughs> Yeah, we rated you highly. Mine was We're like, let's dust. give him the hard games. Let's give him the <laughs> RPGs. <laughs> I think it was on 360 from Dust. From Dust. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's I like remember a, that. Ubisoft game, right? Yeah, it's like a God game. Yeah, it was kind of like black and white a little bit. It was alright. Um, mine was this 4X space game. I remember, I can't remember the exact name of it, but I remember it was like the first email I got in the coalition email. And, um, I remember like right after I published the review, it was like a remake of like this really low tier indie game. And, um, I remember after I published it, I actually saw the team at PAX and got to talk to them about it, which was really, really cool. I wish I remembered the name of it. It was like some game, like I've never thought of since. Um, <laughs> but, um, it was a really interesting first review because of that, because it was like a genre that I had like no experience. And it was one of those like roguelite, um, four X, I think it's a four. Was it endless that? space? No, it wasn't endless space. Sorry. Four X is wrong. It's not four X. It's, um, uh, okay. those games, I forget the term for them, but, um, you can like go around in 360 and you go through different, um, stages and if you die you like start completely over kind of like a roguelite but the gameplay is like i forget that it's such a weird term and i haven't played a game like it since and it's like an older term like games aren't really made that way anymore ah oh, damn i wish i remembered um oh was it, it was... the uh like a six doff shooter type game Do yeah i think that is what it is i think it is like a six doff something like that uh, okay yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah, familiar yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's something like that. Um, yeah, and then I remember my next game was Snake Pass, and I loved the hell out of that game. That game was awesome. And I also got to see, talk to him before reviewing it at um, PAX. So it was really cool that my first two reviews were like, I got to meet the teams like right around that time. Uh, that was absolutely unreal. And like talk to them about their game and everything. That was absolutely unreal. Oh, I, th I think I know what game you reviewed. I think I know. What? Which one? Was it Descent? It was not Descent. It was a game that was very inspired by Descent. 
Oh, okay. I yeah. remember that. I'm now determined that you say to that. figure out what, what game you reviewed. Now I gotta know. It was like it was like two random words put together or something. It was such like a random indie game. Oh man, we'll have to try and dig. We'll have out. to check that out. Yeah, it was like all right. I'll <laughs> <laughs> I'll answer the question briefly. Uh, I also did review a wrestling game. I believe it was SmackDown versus Raw 2010. Uh, that was the first review. However, the, the 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 controversial review came after that because I recall I the next game I reviewed was uh, Grand Theft Auto episodes from Liberty City, and then that's when I had Joe Killer coming after me in the comment section because he said, "Hey, you rated this game too high, man." And it was a back and forth thing. So that was uh, <laughs> that was very interesting. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we're gonna talk about debates on review scores, I think we have to talk about mine and Ed's versus podcast yeah yeah Diablo 3 <laughs> oh yeah what was the what? Crew, I don't even remember that did one of you really yeah. like it yeah I, I think I gave it like an 8 or 8.5 and you thought it should have gotten a 9 and we had a whole podcast debate about it cause yeah, uh, I think really I think uh, some other game came out around that time that Ed liked more or something right and that's why he Something like that. Yeah, I, I can't remember Max exactly. Payne, Max Payne and Diablo came out on the same day. Could it have been Max Payne? I I really don't remember, but but yeah, th- those d- debates were were hilarious as well. Yeah, y'all y'all had the versus over Xbox and PlayStation. That was that that was awesome. <laughs> that was a great podcast. Should have done more of those. Yeah. I forget all of this stuff, man. Is there an archive? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, some great memories, and we will continue to relive these, you know, um, over the next couple weeks and everything. Uh, next week is Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, Black Friday, so we're not sure, uh, you know, when exactly the show will be, but we'll figure it out and we'll, you know, tweet it out and everything. Um, and yet, yeah, David, was you going to say something? Sorry. Nope. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. So thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, you know, it, it was a real pleasure to be joined by you know um, Ed, David, and Max. Um, and you know, we will continue to bring back some people from the past as well. Um, I know there's a few people who have been heavily requested, and we are going to try our best to to bring them back. You know, um, for the anniversary month and everything like that. So. Uh, thank you for your ongoing support of the coalition and thanks for you know um, helping us continue to, to, to go on for 10 years you know that's that's a long time and it's a big chunk of our lives so it's very special so um, let's get to our shout outs so um, feel free to plug anything you have going on or you know just just give some shout outs so uh, we'll go to you first Max got any shout outs um, honestly, shout out to you guys for um, having me back on again and like for essentially this website starting my career and everything this, you know, it's a very, very cool thing. And, um, you know, I'll obviously always be grateful for that and everything. So um, thanks again for having me on. It was awesome to catch up with you guys and everything. Um, other than that, um, if you want to follow what I do, a lot of crypto work now, the occasional gaming thing, but mostly crypto and everything. If you're interested in that sort of thing, you can follow me on Twitter at Maximal, M-A-X-E-M-O-L-E. Otherwise, that's it. Cool. 
awesome. Um, and how about you, Ed? Man, I'm trying to find the episodes of the podcast that we recorded. Well, the verses. I just found the I just found the verses, but the audio's not there. So yeah. Yeah, the, the thing is, uh, I think some some of the audios are missing on those, uh, but I have everything backed up on a hard drive somewhere, so I'll have to try and dig it out, like, dig everything out at some point, but, um, but yeah. Yeah, hey. I, want, I need to hear that. Any shout-outs, though? Um, shout-outs to y'all, shout-outs to everyone on TK, Seven Dog, that's the money, man. Uh, Cap was the brains uh, And yeah Shout out to them Shout out to Fergus Dro Yeah that's it Dro oh. Yeah Yeah Dro's a robot Oh man I, I still have him I have him as a friend On Steam still And all he plays Is that damn Soccer manager game That's it Football <laughs> manager Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it The people that play Those games Those are like The only games they play <laughs> yeah he's got mad hours on that game but yeah um how about you david any shout outs or any plugs well i mean i'll, I'll just kind of copy everyone else and say shout out to you guys like like i said multiple times already um if it were not for you guys i wouldn't be doing anything like that that's that's the truth um I guess if you're com- if for plugs, um, I mean, uh, as I said in the beginning, uploadvr.com is where I'm at full time. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at David underscore Jagno. Um, so that's where I post links to most of my articles, whether it be upload or freelance stuff. Um, I did recently start a YouTube channel for my freelance stuff that I, I'm going to try to post on more and live stream and stuff, but uh, I don't really do a whole lot of that yet. It's just kind of a side thing. Uh, but yeah, Twitter is where you can find me or where I post links to uh, most of my articles. Awesome. Nice. We got an appearance from the dog too. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that. But, uh, but yeah, Rich, any uh, shout-outs or final thoughts? Well, yeah, I, I want to give a shout-out to our guests. You know, obviously, shout-out to Ed. You know, we'll obviously still be talking. Uh, shout-out to Max. Uh, shout out to David and you know for Max and David especially I, I know that you guys uh, you know a- as you said you know you were it was great to have you a part of the coalition and I'm glad that we were able to you know be such a great learning experience but I also want to emphasize you guys also put in a ton of work so I think you deserve the opportunities that you've gotten now because you put in the work so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you were both successful now and I hope that the success continues to grow. And of course, we will always continue to be in contact. So that's that's all I was going to say. Indeed. And, you know, you, you guys might have gotten a start with us and everything. But, you know, I truly believe it, it's your own passion and determination and your own mm-hmm. skills and hard work that got you where you are now. So, um, you know, definitely. Absolutely. But yeah, um, and I just want to shout out our Patreon people as well. So big shouts to M. Collins, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Miguel, Antonio Rogers, and Sean Gorety. And also uh, shout out to Wesley also. 
um, you know, who, who's been very vocal this week about the, the Sony thing, and he couldn't wait to hear us talk about it. So, um, shouts to everyone who participates in all of our discussion, you know, every week. So, um, and yeah, uh, shouts to everyone at the coalition, past and present, also. Um, it's always a pleasure to, you know, be talking to you guys again. So, and yeah. One uh, thing I want to interject with real quick is uh, my wife, Valerie, she used to listen to the turn-based podcast every now and then, even though she doesn't play video games at all. And she still quotes the way that you would introduce the podcast, Gary. <laughs> like, she, she she just thinks that it was the funniest thing ever, because you would always, you would go, yo, 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 this is Gary A. Swavy from the coalition.com. <laughs> she just randomly says that. Like, it's the funniest thing. That's amazing. <laughs> Now I'm embarrassed a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't be embarrassed. It's great. Oh uh, yeah, um, I'm 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 glad that you know it's good to hear that she listened to it also, and um, and you know it's it's I'm I wish I was at the wedding too because it's like you know um, Valerie is a big part of your life, and you know so I really wish that I got a chance to be there too, like Richard. But hey, you know um distance and everything and of being overseas but it, it's good to just see that progression and everything you know so that's what's special about the coalition we're all growing together so yeah uh but that's about it from us we'll be back next week and uh you know if we're, if we're not here before uh thanksgiving and everything we hope everyone has happy holidays and you will have a good time and you know make sure you, you be careful on black friday and everything don't get into any trouble and uh, we'll speak to you guys soon. Peace out. Peace. Peace.